Welcome to War Gaming Recon. I am your host, Jonathan J. Reinhardt. I want to welcome all of you. I just welcomed you. What am I doing here? I don't know what I'm doing. Clearly, I am just going bonkers because I've forgotten how to do an intro. It has been that long. Let's rewind and try it again. Welcome to War Gaming Recon. I am your host, Jonathan J. Reinhardt. Today, we're going to be talking about some... That's not... I want to do... Guess who's back? Try it again. Welcome to War Gaming Recon. I am your host, Jonathan J. Reinhardt. Guess who's back? Back again. Recon's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Da 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 da. Don't worry, I won't ever do that again. I promise. Me singing is not something you want. But no, this is not a blooper. I do want to welcome all of you to this episode of Wargaming Recon. And today, we're going to be talking about something really cool. We're going to be talking about wargaming with Lego. That's right. How you can wargame using your Lego collection. So for those of you who have been listening to previous episodes of the show, or maybe have been seeing some stuff that we share on social media, you'll be familiar with some teasers that I've been putting out. And these teasers have been showing some Lego building that I've been doing. And no, it's not just something that has nothing to do with the show, that has nothing to do with tabletop gaming. People actually play war games with Lego. There are rule sets out there, like Brick Wars, for how you can actually do your own kind of hybrid homebrew sort of thing with Lego. You just kind of fully embrace it where it's an immersive world and you build and the things come apart and all that sort of stuff. I'm doing something a little bit different with this episode of the show. So you might be aware that there is a very popular war game out there called Star Wars Legion. Star Wars is a huge fandom, and I am part of that. I'm a huge Star Wars nerd and geek. I love it all. And some people who play Star Wars Legion use the actual models that you can get. You can buy the minis and all that and build them together and paint them and everything. But some people have realized that you could also go ahead and get some Lego, Star Wars Lego, in fact, and that they have little people, they call them minifigs, uh, little people, little models of uh, troops, and they are fully printed, they're painted as it were, and they ha they're all done, and that you can game with those to play Star Wars Legion. So I'm going to kind of go down that avenue in today's episode for all of you. Now, the impetus of all of this actually as with many things in the hobby, for me anyway, come back to my buddy, Adrian Benson. Uh, in case you had forgotten or weren't aware, Adrian was a co-host here on the show, and he passed away over a year ago, and it's been hard, <laughs> and that's why there's been a gap in episodes here. But one of the things that I wanted to do was I really wanted to pay honor to him because he and I would attend conventions, we would game a lot and when we would be at these tabletop gaming conventions we would often run some sort of tabletop war game for people to play some miniatures game and i realized that it would be harder for me to go ahead and dive back into that moving forward not just because of the grief factor but for 
a more pragmatic issue. <laughs> and anyone who's listened to the show a long time or who knows me would know that painting and I have a complicated relationship. As the kids would say if they were on the Facebook or social media, relationship status would be, it's complicated. And part of that is it takes me a very, very long time to paint any exceptionally long for me to reach a standard that is pretty low and pretty acceptable and also something that most others who paint can achieve very quickly. And so that makes it harder for me to be, feel motivated, you know, to actually go in and to paint or to build models or anything like that. So realizing that I would have these stumbling blocks in place and that as a result of it, not only would it take me longer to complete any such project, but that the likelihood of me not completing the project would be very real and likely, in fact, more than probable. And that's not something I wanted to do when it comes to Adrian. And also, I wanted to make sure that this would happen, not just to honor him. Uh, that is very important for me. And I think for a number of you as well, but also that I want to, uh, in my grief process, I want to be able to acknowledge and accept my grief, but not just be mired down in it, right? And so if you're on the battlefield and you're going uh, in, uh, out and trying to achieve your objective, you don't want to be stuck in the mud, right? You don't want to be Western Front World War One with those trenches. Man, those trenches, deadly and awful. You don't want to be stuck in those trenches for years. No, and neither do I. So both for me and for... Um, just kind of getting back into the community as a whole, I want to make sure that this project is completed and one that I enjoy doing and one that I can then take that inner joy and spread it. Because one of the things here at Wargaming Recon that we really try to do is to be a beacon of light and to encourage all of you to be a beacon of light as well so that not only are we being joyful in our tabletop gaming and in all the things we do for the hobby, but also that we are being kind and helpful to one another and trying to be as good of an individual as we can be. And for me, part of that is getting out there <laughs> at events, running games, gaming with you. It's been years since I've been able to be at an event because of pandemic and because I'm immune compromised. So I've had to be a little extra careful, but I want to get back into it. I, I miss all of you. I do. I really, really miss you. And this is the way that I am getting myself to get there. And I hope to also be able to encourage some of you to think outside the box when it comes to tabletop games, to say, hmm, maybe I don't just need to go and play games the way I play them before. Maybe I don't need to just go with the same old game companies, the same old models, the same old rules. And so that's why I have also busted out of the box and why I've gone to something that many would say is a, just a toy for kids, something that people might look down upon, something that uh, for some, I mean, especially if you're building things by instructions, it's just like doing a puzzle. And puzzles are great. People love puzzles. Uh, but it's not quite the same as doing your own creation, right? Painting something, um, sculpting anything, right? Not the same as just being fully creative uh, in open world on your own. So I'm trying to blend all of that as I have a history of doing. And for me, one of the things that is very joyful is Star Wars. Well, most of Star Wars, we won't get into that. But most of Star Wars is very joyful for me. I'm very passionate about it. And so I'm hoping this will be my, I don't know what the appropriate metaphor is here, 
one and all, but the appropriate raft, I guess, for me to leave my island of solitude and sorrow. That's my alliteration for you. And move back into the mainstream with the rest of you and come back out into the world. And hopefully, like I said, to excite some of you to try something different. Because I'm going to guess that for most of you, and I know it was true for me, Thinking of using Lego or some other toys is probably not the first thing to come to your mind when you think of wargaming. And I know some of us have a history of looking at, I don't know, a toy you see at a toy shop or somewhere, thinking, hmm, I can repurpose that. But I'm also going to guess that is not what most people are thinking about. No. So let's kind of broaden the scope. Let's make the tent a little bit bigger for all of us. And let's see what way we can build some more bridges. And how many more metaphors can I squeeze in here, right? This is going to be the metaphor episode. How many similes are there? Hmm, let's find out. No, I'm not going to do that. Or at least I'm going to try not to. So what I'm going to do is I intend to have Wargaming Recon run a game at conventions in 2023 using lego star wars lego in fact it's going to be focused on the battle of hoth so the battle of hoth is one of my favorite battles in star wars lore can i say history i i don't know if that'll make any of you cringe for me using history for a fictional setting although maybe it's real it's in a galaxy far far away a long long time so i'm sorry i can't help myself oh my goodness it feels so good to be doing this i i, I can't can you tell i'm not scripted it just it feels great and i hope you're enjoying listening to this as well. So Battle Hoth, one of my favorites, and I truly believe Empire Strikes Back is the crown jewel of the Star Wars realm. And just, it's fantastic. So much going on there. A lot of excitement, a lot of cool things going on. You have this amazing setting, a snow planet, right? With strange creatures and animals. You have trenches haha <laughs> you see how i'm bringing that back so you do have some trench warfare but not long-term trench warfare defensive emplacements right and you have some really awesome vehicles that make an appearance everyone of course remembers the at at all-terrain armored transports the ATATs, depending on however you want to refer to them gigantic lumbering destructive metallic beasts filled with Imperial troops, yeah, coming up against the Rebel Alliance. So I've been spending my time diving into LEGO because right now is actually a good time if you want to get into some Star Wars LEGO for Hoth in particular. So they have a few AT-ATs out there. They have what they call the playset. It's a little bit smaller, a little more affordable. Affordable is a subjective term. It's still like 130 bucks or something crazy like that. Uh, but you can play with it. It has some more play features in it. Things move. It's more forgiving, intended for kids. They have a much bigger one that's like 800 bucks or something ridiculous. Not affordable, <laughs> in my mind anyway. Um, but more of a display piece. But then they also have what they call battle packs. And this would be the closest way that wargamers like you and me would be able to affordably... And I'm using air quotes there, folks, because... Lego, not really affordable. You can find ways to do it affordably, but not really affordable. Uh, and I 100% I could not be doing this if it wasn't for the show because of support that we get from a variety of sources. Uh, but of course, from those of you who support us on Patreon and just agreements we have and things like that, just that makes it possible. If it was my own money, I, I would not be able to buy all the things that purchase for this uh, game but they also have these battle packs so you can get they call it defensive hoth which is the rebel troopers and they also have snow trooper battle packs 20 bucks for the uh, snow troopers and you get four 
minifigs in there. You get a, a heavy repeater and a blaster, so it's like a heavy gun, anti-personal weapon. Uh, and you also get a land speeder. Not, not a land speeder, a speeder bike. I'm sorry. My Star Wars knowledge is going kaboom. What are you doing? Ah! So you get a speeder bike. Think of it as cavalry, right? And you get uh, a guy who's going to, oh, a person, rather, uh, who's going to go on that. And then the other three are infantry. And for the Rebel Alliance, you get the Defense of Hoth uh, accessory pack, they call it. $14.99 American. And you get three troops with that. And like defensive anti, um, it's an anti-vehicle weapon, actually. The radar dish thing. So you get that, that you can build. But this is the quote-unquote affordable way. Affordable, folks to go ahead and build an army because army building is a thing in the star wars lego community or in the lego community as a whole actually and they don't those who army build rather don't necessarily play games with them some do many of them like to recreate battles and settings and so they enjoy having this large army of minifigures of troops and vehicles and creations and stuff so I know there are some who play war games with them, but that would be a minority, I would say. And so I've dived in to this and I've spent, whoo, I'm not going to tell you what I spent because you're going to think I'm crazy. And more importantly, like, whoa, I am crazy for spending so much money on this thing. But I've bought many, 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 many of these accessory packs, battle packs and loose figures and, and things like that. Create some armies here for the rebels and for the imperials and i have things like tauntauns these are creatures that the rebel alliance used as their cavalry as scouts and that sort of thing really good in cold weather think of like a bipedal camel but that doesn't look like that in case you're unfamiliar i don't have a lot of speeder bikes i also have what's called um colloquially known as a chicken walker it's an atst all-terrain scout transport two-legged thing uh, with a rotating head as you were on the top a cockpit kind of thing and it's a smaller version kind of a, um, the larger lumbering AT-AT the all-terrain armor transport at at and so I have one of those I might get another one we'll see and just kind of putting these things together so that it can create this Battle of Hoth environment. And it's not all going to be Lego, right? Because I could create the entire tabletop out of Lego. And I could sculpt, build, really, uh, features out of Lego. Not only would that become prohibitively <laughs> expensive, but also be logistically complicated. And I also want this to be an example of what you at home could do. So something if you came to the game, or if you saw imagery online or just listening to the podcast you could say hey this is something i can do a version of this if i wanted to right and not everyone's going to be able to go and get but it's probably thousands of lego pieces <laughs> to create a table of it so instead i've gone another route and i have uh reached out to the lovely gentleman over at cigar box battle and they have a cool new game mat Oh, that would be perfect for this. It's a snowy tundra one. So I worked with them. They helped to get me set up with this. So I want to give a huge shout out to them. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for helping to make that possible. I really appreciate it. So we'll be using that as a tabletop surface. We'll be on a four by six table. These things are just really beautiful fleece. It's printed right on there. We'll do an episode about the, the mat. <laughs> I can assure you. Because as you might know, I have a collection of some of the other mats. Uh, I was looking back through the archive 
the other day. There was one year, it was like 2016 or 2017, something like that. And it must have been the year of the battle mat because <laughs> there are like three or four podcast episodes devoted to different battle mats, both theirs and like other companies and, and stuff. It was <laughs> it was a battle mat kind of year that year. Um, but it might be time for us to kind of dive back in to talk about battle mats a little bit more. So anyway, get that going and be using some other things to kind of add some elevation and some features. So a neat thing about these battle mats, in case you've never used one, and as I said, these are really high quality fleece ones, is that they get draped onto your tabletop. So then you can use thing underneath the map and uh, mat rather and kind of contour it to the mat. And so Mike Payne, who is just he's a lovely individual. Mike, God bless you. Uh, way, way back, he sculpted some, uh, I don't know how the best way to describe him other than to say he made like hills and different land features uh, uh, so that uh, he did it out of like polystyrene and he cut them and sculpted them for me using, you know, the appropriate tools and something to me. And so I can put them under the battle mat and then I can kind of contour it. So it looks like, it looks more realistic is what it is. It, it looks as if, um, you're really out there in the fields. And so between using that and also putting things on top of the battle mat, so there are Lego sets and little odds and ends that you can kind of feature around, kind of blend stuff. Uh, it's a snowy landscape. There's only so much one can do, right? But to kind of blend that in, do that. So that'll be enough terrain, <laughs> as it were. Uh, and maybe, who knows, maybe some of the Lego things that I've been building, some of the vehicles and stuff, that will be terrain because there, of course, would be things that are just out there damage or objective markers or whatever uh so we have that as a setting for the game battle of hoth and using all of these things for that now there's a couple different ways that could go about doing the game could you a large large scale game almost as if someone was doing say black powder right if you're doing a black powder set of rules you're gonna go on the grand scale most likely with lots and lots and lots and lots of troops that get moved around and entire brigades worth of stuff Lots of things going everywhere. And we're not doing that. <laughs> um, part of it is fiscal. I'm not going to lie. Part of it is if you knew what I spent <laughs> just for a skirmish level and then trying to broaden it out to do a large, large, oh my goodness, so large black powder. It'd be ridiculous. But also scale too. So Lego is much bigger than things you would normally use for a black powder type game. Even if you were doing 28 mil legos and i don't you can't call it 28 mil i don't think i don't know what the scale is actually but it's it's not 28 it's not 25 it's not 20 it's not heroic 20 what is that 33 or 35 now it's not that either and it's definitely not smaller <laughs> it depends on what you're building i guess but it's uh it's not any of those it's bigger but i i don't know how much bigger so just imagine what size space i would need you have to play on the floor i guess go into a gym or something and, and that's what convention is gonna let me do that <laughs> none right <laughs> even if they had the space they're not gonna let me do be so much work to do so manageable that's a word of the day manageable we want to keep it manageable both for me and whomever i can uh rope into helping me run the game and things like that but also for those who are playing in it the idea is that i hope to set this game up so that between four and six individuals can play. So you're looking at between two to three people per side and just kind of have them go and play. That's what I'm hoping. And also I think by doing a skirmish level game, right? And having the forces divided out, 
it makes it easier for people to play. So my thinking is that a Lego war game probably will not appeal to a hardcore war gamer. It might, and that would be awesome, but probably not. And so if that is the case, then I was thinking, well, who would it appeal to? It would probably appeal to someone maybe a little bit younger. It might appeal to someone in their early 20s or a teen or maybe even a kid. And so I got to thinking, who is this game for? Well, gamers, right? Tabletop gamers. It's for war gamers. It's for those who like playing with miniatures. It's like for those who like Lego, right? But what is my intended demographic here? And so we come back to Mike Payne. And I want to take a page out of his book because Mike does this incredibly well. And so really, I'm kind of gearing this for, to use Mike's phrasing, for kids and those who can play well with children. <laughs> and that's not everyone. And I understand it. And I don't fault anyone. But if you can roll with the punches, if you can uh, go with a little craziness, <laughs> this is going to be for you. Because this is not going to be a game that is using strict Star Wars. I've decided that either I'm going to use a version of them, um, some modification, so it's Legion, but I, you know, tweak it a bit, or I'm going to go completely homebrew, but inspired by Legion. So I might take a few things from Legion, but really go homebrew in the way that Mike Payne does, where he's so much more freeform, open world, anything can happen, which is kind of cool, right? You want to shoot a missile launcher at that ATAT? Roll the dice. Let's see what happens, right? Uh, you want to do what? You want to jump off of that and then go over there and then, well, let's see what happens. Uh, not every rule set allows that to happen. They don't have that elasticity in there. Uh, it's almost more of a, a role-playing game kind of thing where, well, roll a d20. <laughs> let's check your initiative, see what happens. Do you get to go first or does the thing get to go first? And what does the thing do to you if it does? Hmm, I don't know. Uh, so... I'm kind of leaning, as you probably can guess by the tone of my voice, towards more Mike Payne style than uh, Rigid Legion. It would be much easier, uh, don't get me wrong, much easier to do this as a Star Wars Legion game, where instead of one single game, it's actually three, two or three individual games on the same table space, as it were. One versus one, one player versus one player. So much easier. People have done that. There's YouTube videos and things like that. Uh, what I'm doing... Not it's up in the difficulty level a little bit, but I feel like maybe it's worth doing and that it's something that can be handled, especially if I can rope uh, one or more others in helping me run it. Just kind of, you know, answering questions for players and uh, keeping things moving along. So that's the idea of the game and also kind of how I'm leaning for rules. But I, hey, I'm open to ideas. So if you have suggestions or you have any experience with this, I know at least one of you, Chris R., has been working on using uh, Lego Star Wars minifigs with Legion. Uh, but if any of you have any ideas or su suggestions, you know, reach out. Would like to know what you think about that. And so now let's talk about the order of battle, as it were. And still early days here, right? Things are built and purchased and that, but like, I'm not going <laughs> to give definitives at this point. But the idea is, of course, that there are two sides. You have the Rebel Alliance and you have the Empire, Galactic Empire, actually. Uh, and so for the Rebel Alliance, you have things like infantry, you have the Tauntauns that I mentioned, you have heroes, Luke Skywalker, and Solo, Princess Leia Organa, anti-vehicle weapons, uh, heavy repeating blasters that are, you know, anti-personal weapons, things like that. And I've actually kind of relied heavily on the way, uh, just in my purchasing to kind of get a broad idea 
uh, for the organization of it all, I relied on how Legion defines units and um, like insofar as quantity of troops per unit and type of unit and unit options and that just kind of use that as a, a guidepost for me uh, along the way. So those are kind of the broad categories for the Rebel Alliance. Uh, the Galactic Empire has infantry, of course. They have snow troopers. We'll come back to that in a moment. Uh, speeder bikes, the ATST, or more. Uh, the E-Webs, those are the heavy repeating blasters, the anti-personal blasters. Heroes, you get Darth Vader, General Veers. Um, I built an ATAT, uh, which I've mentioned already in this episode. It may or may not be in the game. Uh, if it is, it is highly unlikely that any player will get to use it. Be more as a, a feature, perhaps, an objective, maybe, or something that me as Game Master just gets to trot out from time to time as a thing that just happens, um, you know, an event in the game that comes along. A motivation, maybe, or something. I don't know. We're still working on that. But it might be at the game. Perhaps. Wink, wink. <laughs> it's a cool model. I had so much fun building the thing. Just absolutely loved it. So you can see that very similar categories. Uh, Rebel Alliance have Tauntauns. Empire has speeder bikes. They serve the same role. Um, Rebel Alliance doesn't really have a whole lot of vehicles, though. Uh, so the Empire has the ATSDs, the Chicken Walkers. Uh, and Rebel Alliance doesn't. Uh, they have snow speeders in the film. I don't have any snow speeders, and the snow speeders were particularly useful for taking out an AT-AT in the film. Not to ruin it for anyone, but if you haven't seen it by now, I'm sorry, it's been out many decades, so I feel I don't need a spoiler warning at this point for that. It's not some hidden gem, it's mainstream media, folks. So, uh, spoiler, snow speeders are awesome against AT-ATs. Um, so, I, like, I didn't include them in the list. Uh, I, I could, uh, maybe. They're not cheap, though, oddly enough. They they cost a decent amount of money to try to get. The Tauntauns weren't cheap either, actually. They cost more than you would think. Uh, so, I went with the Tauntauns. They seem more uh, friendly and more akin to what people might know as cavalry and being able to uh, deal with them that way. So, you have that um, comparison right there. Speed brakes and Tauntauns, infantry and infantry. Uh, Rebel Alliance has anti-vehicle weapons that help with the ATSTs, the chicken walkers. Empire does not. They both have different types of heroes. They both get those E-webs, the heavy repeating blasters. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Those are good anti-personal weapons. Think of them like a heavy machine gun, really. Uh, would probably be the best way for you to think about it. MG42 or, or something of that sort. Uh, just kind of a cool thing that's, you know, an emplacement. And really nice weapons. So you have that going on. And now one of the things that I learned just recently, and I'm shocked I didn't know it beforehand, actually. Here's a little bit of Star Wars um, knowledge for you. So when the Empire had the Battle of Hoth, they did not only send snowtroopers. You would think that they did, but they also had regular stormtroopers. Snowtroopers were considered to be like an uh, elite version of stormtroopers. They weren't just regular stormtroopers, regular heavy-duty assault troops that were in snow gear. No, they were specialized for fighting in winter and snowy terrain and icy terrain. So they were like an elite troop, kind of, not a mainstream core choice uh, for those of you with a 40K kind of experience, so not a core thing that you would uh, see all the time. So even at Hoth, uh, there were, of course, snow troopers, but there were uh, stormtroopers as well. I've chosen to just kind of focus on the uh, snow trooper aspect of it because it's more iconic and... It's snow, you know? And so instead of 
getting questions from people. Why are there stormtroopers there? Aren't they going to be cold? And what's the... We're just using snowtroopers. Uh, in the Rebel Alliance, their uh, troops are all outfitted for the snow. So it's a case of regular infantry that have snow gear as opposed to snow specialized uh, infantry. So you have that going on as well. There's a lot of troops that I have. I think I'm up to... Oh my goodness, I'd have to count again. I counted the other day. I think I'm up to maybe a, almost about 100 infantry minis per side, <laughs> I think, is where I'm at. Something like that. And like the anti-vehicle weapons, it's a lot. I'm up to like 30 or 40 of those, something ridiculous. And the heavy repeating blasters, the heavy machine guns, as it were, of the Star Wars world, those are, oh my goodness, 60 more something ridiculous like that there's a ton, not all of them will be in the game of these things find a way to make it work but like there's a lot um, tons of speeder bikes 20 30 of them something ridiculous like that and up to, i don't know like 14 or so tauntauns again not all of it's going to be in the game the tauntauns almost all of them probably will be in the game but not all the speeder bikes just end up with a lot of things a, a lot a lot a lot of things i'm still thinking about picking up another atsd another chicken walker uh even if it's not used in the game, just to kind of have at the game, but it could be kind of a fun thing if I can find a way to balance it. So have that going on. So those are the sides. Get some really, uh, spend some time rather to create some order of battle for that. Orders of battle, I should say. Again, the idea is to have this ready for the 2023 convention season. And the first convention probably will run it unless things happen because life is crazy. But it'll be Total Con in 2023 at the Best Western in Marlboro, Massachusetts, uh, have that, and as I mentioned, hoping to have four to six players, you know, two to three per side, and I alluded to this, but that some of the aspects, some of the events in the game will either be controlled or triggered by the game master, me, or those helping me, or things that happen in the game. So that's something Adrian and I kind of had um, played with at one point. We were doing a black powder game, Revoir, I think it was. It might have been Brandywine Creek or like our version of it. I can't quite remember. But there was one point where if something happened in the game, I think it was, you know, if you destroyed X number of the opponent's troops, we were using black powder rules, by the way. Um, then I had made, I printed out like the, so at the beginning, I printed out their orders, like the generals, the players uh, had just received their orders from higher up HQ. So I printed them out on like, old looking kind of paper and I like scrunched it up and did all that kind of thing and I, I think I even did the tea staining thing to kind of make it look old and had a little ribbon on it and all that and handed it to them I was like here you go but then as the game progressed after something happened I think a number of troops were destroyed or whatever no matter what side you were on I, I'd give like another one that had you know either further mission goals like in light of blah 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 you now get to go do such and such uh, because the thing is changing so some version maybe of that will be done in this Hoth game because Adrian and I, we like that. I, I think he thought it was a little silly uh, for it, uh, for the the drama of it, uh, as it were. But I get into all that. I, I want to make the games memorable and all these little extra are kind of cool uh, to, to do that and make it a little bit more fun, a little more immersive. I think some people like an immersive game. This is not going to be, you know, fully immersive where you're in a room and all the sounds and all the that kind of stuff. You don't have the music. Although I could, um, I won't. but, you know, as it's going on, and you made it this far, General, and now you get new orders. And, oh, we discover that uh, something, something has appeared. Did you know Darth Vader's on the battle? You should go and blah, 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 uh, or whatever. So 
that we'll have things like that that happen, I think. Uh, it makes it kind of a little bit more fun, and that way it throws a wrench <laughs> into it all so that um, it's not just straightforward going smoothly that, you know, you, you got to do this. And it seems so like, oh, no, no, this is all we're doing, and we're just going to go, and I just have to destroy this and get here and get these points or do whatever. Um, keeps you on your toes a little bit. And I think these kind of things are also a little bit more fun for kids. It can be kind of hard a little for them to adapt to it. It can be for some kids. But, like, I think it makes it um, nice to have some, like, a cool little extra things. And then they can keep it, too, if they want. They can keep, you know, the new orders came in, and here it is. So they can keep the transmission, as it were, or whatever, um, that kind of thing. So that's pretty cool, uh, at least in my mind. And I hope you think it is, too, especially if you're one of the individuals playing it. So the plan, like I said right now, is Total Con. And also will be uh, Huzzah in May of 2023. And then we'll see about some other conventions as things go and how this does. Like if there's a good response, then let's keep them going. If not, then tweak it or do whatever. Uh, but that's a plan for those two. Possibly Havoc or see what other stuff's going on. So we'll look into that and see how that goes. So you can just kind of stay tuned to our social media to see what's happening with that. And then... I've been working on supplies for this as well. So um, getting the rules, whatever they happen to be. Uh, luckily, the Legion rules are free online, actually. Uh, we'll get a link to those and put them in our show notes in case you're interested. And we will also um, try to share that on social media, too. Um, getting all the Lego sets that I need. That's kind of winding down. It just kind of depends on if I want another chicken walker and... Well, I'll circle back to this in a minute. I already got the Cigar Box Battle game mat. And then my buddy Anthony has a 3D printer. And he's been really kind to print some. And he's going to print some more. But he's printing um, bases for my minifigs. So they're just going to be black round bases. Uh, round for Skirmish Gaming. Uh, thanks to my buddy John C. For his input on that. Because I was torn. Do I want square? Do I want circle? Which ones do I want? Which look do you like the better of? Help me, <laughs> and he was great early on in the process with helping me to kind of hone in on that. Uh, so my buddy Anthony is printing the bases and the special bases. Not just like a regular base you'd get for a mini, but they're a base that has Lego studs. Not Lego, but they have protrusions <laughs> suitable for a building block such as a Lego. Uh, they're not Lego branded. I don't want anyone to do that, but um, found the printing files on Thingiverse. And so he's been printing and uh, needs to do a fix to his printer, uh, his 3D printer. And then he'll be able to do some more 3D printing. But he's working on that uh, for me and has. So that's um, also my to-do list. I have a to-do list because that helps me get stuff done. So he's going to be printing some more 3D bases. Um, let me rewind that. He's going to be 3D printing some more bases. He's not, he's not going to be printing more 3D bases. I mean, they are 3D, but... You know what I mean. For the minifigs, I'm going to solidify the rules. And then, of course, there's playtesting. Tons of playtesting that's going to happen. Had to figure out how I'm going to work that in this day and age. But we'll get to that to kind of get just, uh, comfortable with that. And then I also want to... And this is something, if any of you have an idea out, I would really love to know. I want to figure out how to get the vehicles onto bases. So, like, the ATSTs, the sputer bikes, even the Tauntauns. Tauntauns are probably a little bit easier. But how to get them on a base. And, I mean, the AT-AT... If it makes an appearance, which it may or may not, wink, wink. Um, but like the smaller ones, how to get them on to a base and how to make that happen with the, the Lego. Because I don't want to glue them. Uh, some people would glue stuff, but I, I don't want to be gluing my Lego. I'm not a... You know how if people play Hex and Counter War games, there are those who clip the corners of the counters and those who do not. I'm not a 
counter clipper. Um, some people love it, and some people think I'm a heathen for saying I'm not going to do it. Likewise with Lego, there are those who glue their Lego and those who, those who do not. I do not, and I might regret that uh, for a game like this, but I do not, and I don't want to be gluing Lego to bases. So I have that, and I'm hoping to, like I said, recruit one or two individuals to be assistant game masters to kind of just help me run the the game. So maybe if any of you are interested, reach out to me on that as well and see what we can do for that. So that is what's going on here with Star Wars Lego and Wargaming with Lego. But actually, I do want to pivot to one related thing. So a little while ago on social media, I shared a photo of a gigantic Walmart box. And the posting said, what's in the box? From, you know, the movie. Um, and I said, let's play a game. What's in this seven pound box? The contents are for the hashtag Lego Star Wars Battle of Hoth convention games. We're running in 2023. Best answer gets a shout out on the podcast. And so some people had made comments. Uh, some were particularly funny. Uh, Maxim, for example, said adult diapers for your convention needs. That was pretty humorous. Um, and the one that wasn't correct but was closest to being correct um and is on my shopping list so this one gets the shout out so i want to shout out sal c for his guess that the box contained assault on hoth kit number 75098 yeah every lego set has an id number for it so you can find it uh, and he said, I had seen the pictures of the stuff you already had for the game. Since you already had the ATAT, I had to dig a little deeper. When I checked the weight and factored in the box weight, it was the only logical thing left, unquote. So Sal, man, you, you were as close as you could be without being correct. It really, so what was in there was, um, actually it was a bunch more than I can admit, but a lot of Snowtrooper battle packs was actually what it was. I had bought a bunch of them, and so that's what was actually in there. But the Assault on Hoth set, it's retired, it's not cheap, uh, is on my shopping list. And so this thing is pretty awesome because I'll, I'll share a photo of it on social media. But the set that Sal is referring to has a front gate of the Rebel base where all the land speeders comes out. It has... A smaller version of the shield generator, because they had a shield generator that projected a shield over their encampment that prevented the Empire from bombarding it from orbit, doing a naval bombardment, basically. Came with um, a row of defensive emplacements with two anti-personal um, turrets and what I believe is supposed to be a version of the anti-tank, anti-vehicle shield weapon, plus the planetary iron cannon that could shoot Think of it as shore batteries that could shoot at the um, spaceships, the Star Destroyers in orbit, um, and knock out their systems, almost like an EMP. Also has a Tauntaun, the Wampa with part Wampa Cave, and Luke's uh, Skywalker comes with a snow speeder, and also comes with a speeder bike. And it's just, it's a really cool set. It's not cheap, uh, but it's on my want list. And the other one that's on my want list, which is a lot more money, uh, and again, it's retired. So these retired sets, uh, once they stop making them and you can only get them on the secondary market, they they go up a lot. So this other one that I really want, because I think it would be pretty useful um, to get the parts from it more than anything for uh, the game, is Assault on Hoth. Uh, it's 
a Ultimate Collector Series set is how they refer to it, number 75098. This thing has 15 minifigures, 2,067 Lego parts, came out in 2016 and weighs 3,290 grams, so you can do the math on that as you were. Um, but it, oh wait, no, this is the same one. Why do I think this was a different one? Nope, th that is the one. Never mind. I'm sorry. This is the same one. So this is on my list. Um, as I said, um, I don't know why I thought this was a different one. Uh, but this one, it costs $360 on the low side for one set. It's a lot, a lot of money. So I want it, but it might not happen. But actually, kind of tying into this is I'm going to be going, well, first I'm going to back up. Thank you all who left a comment and guessed in that. Uh, so I really appreciate that. Uh, a round of applause to Sal. Uh, Sal, I haven't seen you in ages, man. Uh, I love having you at uh, my gaming table. So I hope maybe you'll come and play this. I know you, you go to games with a bunch of your buddies. Uh, so that would be really cool. Um, but yeah, so thank you all for your comments uh, on that. We'll be doing another one at some point. Uh, I have a photo, a new photo I took of something and you're gonna you get to guess and the closest price is right rules it'll be closest without going over uh guessing the number uh closest to the correct answer without going over we'll get a shout out or uh something on the show uh so now rewinding again to where i was a moment ago uh in august of 2022 i'm gonna be going with my buddy anthony and his two boys and his nephew i'm gonna be going to my first lego convention and it's gonna be awesome so it's gonna be in virginia in August, as I said, of 2022, and we're going down to this Lego convention. And at the Lego convention, it's going to be awesome because they have all sorts of neat things. Uh, they're going to have displays. You'll be able to see stuff that you never get to see otherwise. People will be building their own stuff. They'll be creating gigantic tables worth of Lego and doing battle scenes and all sorts of stuff. So it's going to be awesome for that. They also have vendors. So I might be able to get a retired set, maybe at a decent price, such as the Assault on Hoth set that uh, I was just talking about. So that would be really awesome as well. But on top of that, I'm going to cover it. And nobody knows this yet, except now you do. I'm going to cover it for the show. So we'll have an episode of Working Recon devoted to the Lego convention. You're going to think, well, why would we talk about a Lego convention? So I've given you a whole episode right now of why we talk about it. And so some of the people in the Star Wars space... Uh, doing Star Wars Lego, their YouTubers and things like that, they will be there, they'll have content, and they're going to show cool, they call them my own creations, mocks, um, when you make something out of Lego that's your own idea, and fill in tables, so see things like that, so we'll try to get photos and stuff, um, but people go to these things, and they just build amazing stuff, and I think there's a lot of crossover here, and I'm doing some crossover right now, right, uh, so we'll be covering it on the show, go and uh, see what's happening there, get some photos and stuff, see if we can talk to some people, and then he hasn't agreed to it, nor have I asked him yet, but I'm going to, uh, but I'm going to ask my buddy Anthony if he'll come on Wargaming Recon for us to talk about our time at Brook Fair and uh, see what you think about it. So it's Brook Fair, Virginia, happens August 6th, 2022, that's the first day, that's Saturday, it's Saturday and Sunday, and uh, we'll be down there. Uh, from Friday and coming back on the Monday. It's going to be my first convention since pandemic. Uh, my last previous one was TotalCon right before the pandemic really started. <laughs> and there's been none since. Uh, so there's not going to be games per se to play, but uh, a lot to look and maybe some shopping and things like that. So it should be pretty neat. And it's not too far from 
the Smithsonian's um, Air and Space Center that they have out there um, in Chantilly, Virginia. And so they have out there where they have like the Columbia Space Shuttle and they have um, a Blackbird. And they got some really cool uh, World War II planes. They got a Comet, uh, the uh, Wehrmacht Comet, uh, which is well, technically looked off a Comet, uh, but um, World War II German um, jet-powered um, fighter plane. Really cool. So that'll be pretty awesome. Uh, and we'll see if maybe anyone is interested in going to that. So if they are, might be going to it as well. So we'll have to wait and see about it. Uh, and I think it's called officially the Udvar Hazi um, Center, something like that. I'm getting the name all wrong, but it's attached to Dulles Airport, actually. So it, it's, it's funny, but like it's useful because they use the airport to help bring in some of their planes. Uh, and uh, yeah, the Stephen F. Udvar Hazy Center. It's an aviation museum, but it's like the... Because they can't fit these gigantic planes and stuff in the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum in D.C. right on the mall. So they have them here. So I'm going to see if they are interested in going to that because it doesn't look like it's that far away from the convention. But anyway, convention is a thing and looking forward to that. So we'll see how that goes uh, and share things for that. But I just want to take this time to both thank all of you for listening to this episode of Wargaming Recon and taking this time to spend with me and allowing me to spend this time with you and be part of your lives. I also, even more importantly, just want to say how truly grateful I am to all of you for your kindness and your understanding and for allowing me to have taken this very long time to just kind of be on sabbatical. And I didn't intend for it. I, When I had released some episodes earlier and when I had Joshua... Uh, just some episodes out, I was fully expecting to just kind of dive right back in uh, right after that. Um, but then one thing after another, uh, it was getting to be the one-year anniversary of Adrian's passing, so that hit my grief pretty hard. My entire family and I caught COVID. Um, it is literally the sickest I've ever been. And then we recovered, and then right after that, because we had COVID, um, it was easier for me to get influenza like actual influenza not just when people say they have the like actual influenza uh and so then that was another period of time where i was just i was down and out my family was down and out uh everyone in my bubble my parents my wife my kids my youngest can't get vaccinated i'm not going to get into the politics of vaccination with anyone um but um so that made it harder with the covid and everything and then just trying to recover from all that and deal with it and uh, it's been hard so i'm grateful really truly deeply grateful to all of you for that and for giving me the space to that but all along i've wanted to come back i've wanted to be here and giving you episodes and doing content and this brings me joy uh and i'm happy to do podcast episodes that not you know just not just so downtrodden because so many of them were and i appreciate your indulgence with them they were just they were sad um you know dealing with adrian's passing and the aftermath so that but it's important to move on uh, and to go through the process. And I know he would want me to. And I want to too. And you all deserve it. And that's something that we're doing. So I am thankful to you for that. And we have this episode here for you. And some more stuff coming. On uh, things that are being planned on and worked on. So some cool stuff that's going on. We're using our regular release schedule. And have that happening. And I think there's some good stuff coming on the way. So 
Thank you once again. I want to remind you that Wargaming Recon is on all the things as Wargaming Recon. Whenever you look to the stars and you think, hmm, where is the planet Hoth? And is there a battle there right now? The stars are slowly moving to spell out all the things from Wargaming Recon for you. Not really. Um, but we're on all the things. Uh, so we're on Facebook. We have our Facebook page. We have our Twitter account on Instagram. There's also the Wargaming Recon Facebook fan club group. So you can check that out as well. I want to give a huge shout out to everyone for all this support and help. And in particular, with this Battle of Hot stuff, I want to give a huge shout out to my buddy Anthony. Uh, he is amazing. He has a Lego store. Uh, independent Lego uh, store where I've been able to get stuff and he's just he's been fantastic every step of the way I, this wouldn't have happened without him um, thank you Anthony really I, I don't know if you know how much I appreciate you but I really appreciate you and I appreciate our friendship thank you for that I want to thank the fellas at Cigar Box Battle for helping me with the uh, battle mat that's going to be awesome I want to thank Anthony also of course for the 3D printing and although they don't know it I want to thank Mike Payne for the inspiration. I want to thank Chris R for the inspiration to go this way as well. Uh, and I just, I want to thank the entire team of Wargaming Recon. I want to, of course, mention Joshua, <coughs> excuse me, and Robert in particular. Robert does all our show notes. So whenever I get an idea for doing an episode, I go and we use this thing called Microsoft to do, to do the outlines. And I go in and poor Robert, he gets notifications on his phone. I, I, he may have turned them off. I don't know. But at first, he didn't turn them off and didn't turn the sound off. So the notification would come up for each and everything I'd put in the uh, outline. And so it would go like, bing. <laughs> it'd be like, Jonathan added this. And then it'd go, bing, Jonathan added this for each and every single thing. Oh, and God bless you, Robert. Because <laughs> I know I did the outline for this one night. Uh, it was late at night. I was like, I got to do it. So I'm doing it on my phone. I have my smartphone. and I'm, I'm, I'm in the app, Microsoft to-do app, and I'm doing this. And I'm putting, typing each thing in with my thumbs. I'm, I'm thumbing it and going. Duh, 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 duh. Um, I guess that's how you know I'm digital native, but I'm not. I, I'm not a digital native at all. So I'm doing it, and all I can think of as I was doing it was like, Robert, please, I hope you have your phone on silent and you're not getting all these notifications. But even if he did in the morning, he would be like, you have 402 notifications. Not really, but like a lot of notifications. It's because I was going duh, 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 and doing this. Um, honestly, couldn't do it without any of you. You're all a huge help, and. I also got to give a huge shout out to my buddy Jamie uh, for everything. So, like I said, these times have been tough, but I have a really good support group. It's helped me, and this project's helped me a lot. And this is not a mental health episode, but I do just want to remind all of you that if you or someone you know is in crisis or is dealing with mental health issues, please tell someone. Please get help. No matter where you are, there's a phone number to call. 911 here in the United States. There's like 111 and 112 in other countries. Uh, call that. Go to your local... Uh, ER, your clinic, call a buddy, tell a family member, just let someone know that you need some help. And if nothing else, just know you're not alone. There's a lot of us out there. You matter. People care about you. I care about you. You know, I just, I want us all to be the best version of ourselves, whatever that is. Um, and just remember, good enough is good. Sometimes just getting out of bed and recording a podcast episode is enough. So that's okay. But thank you for all of that. And I hope all of you are doing wonderful and have fantastic things going on. Remember, I'm thinking of you all. I'm grateful for each and every single one of you. More than you will ever know, really. I don't think any of you truly understand how much 
doing the show means to me and how just thankful I am that you listen. It bewilders me a little bit sometimes because I don't think much of myself, but I'm I'm just I'm thankful and I'm humbled. And like I said near the beginning of the episode, be a beacon of light. A lot of darkness out there in the world. A lot of awful things happening everywhere, no matter where you are. But we can be a force of good. Be the light. Be the change you want to see in the world. And it's time to put down the Rebel Alliance because, yeah, woohoo, Galactic Empire. I'm such a fan of the Empire. Woohoo. Thank you all. Remember, no matter how busy you are, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how awful it is that the Galactic Empire is going to beat you at the Battle of Hoth, you know that you gotta, you need to, you have to keep on gaming. Are you always on the go? Why not take Wargaming Recon with you? If you use an app like Pocket Casts, you can listen to your favorite episodes of Wargaming Recon on your mobile device. This recording is released under a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial share-alike license. Many thanks to Andrew and Court for inspiring the show's name. Wargaming Recon is dedicated to the memory of longtime listener Andrew. I ask all listeners to join me in a moment of silence in memory of Andrew. Thank you to everyone who backed our 2021 podcast season on Kickstarter. In particular, we'd like to thank 3DDZYN at 3DDesign.com, Nate Taylor of Dwarven Forge, and Things from the Basement, where you can get highly detailed laser-cut terrain kits for 28, 20, and 15mm figures and other exciting products. We couldn't have been successful without the help of all of you. Thank you so much for your support and being part of our community. We hope you are enjoying the 2021 season.